and welcome back to the discussion phase, a board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. As always, I'm your host, Matthew. And I'm David, all the way from Danville, Virginia. That's right. And David, while we may not be the champions of the world, we can still try to be the champions of life. Yep, that's right, Matthew. We're going to be looking at ways that we can have in-game goals besides winning the game. And I'll also be trying to talk David out of his game of Dead Reckoning and sell it to (laughs) me. So as always, stay tuned. And buckle up. Well, David, it is so good to finally have you back on the podcast. Uh, You were actually down in Johnson City. uh, Well, it's been four or five weeks ago, I guess now, three, four weeks ago. Um, And one of our goals was try to get you on the podcast, but we were so busy just playing as many games as humanly possible in like a two and a half day span that we didn't get a chance to. So uh, I'm glad we had the opportunity to have you on tonight. Uh, For those wondering, uh, Brady's not with us. Um, Don't feel too bad for him. He's on an intrepid adventure out into Hawaii. Oh, he's Uh, really, he's really suffering. I know. And he's really suffering, which is interesting because you recently, um, not too long ago, took a trip to Hawaii as well, correct? Yeah, I did. I went with, um, oh, well, I, I went by myself. Uh, my wife is uh, eight months pregnant, almost nine months pregnant here and was not in the mood for flying. And so I flew all the way out to Hawaii to go see my sister. Yeah. So we'll, we'll uh, hopefully he comes back with at least some level of a, of a tan. Um, but we, <laughs> we wish him the best and safe travels. But this gives us an opportunity to, uh, as Brady talks about, he doesn't get all into a designers and an artist. I was like, David, I got to have you on the podcast because we got to get deep in the sauce on this um, because you are our uh, new game kind of a sleuth. Uh, there's one thing that we know while David is working that he'll also always have a second computer <laughs> set up so that he can either be playing uh, live on board BGA or be sleuthing out uh, the newest releases. Yeah. Hey, look, if any listeners want to uh, hit me up, Barrage is now on beta on BGA and I've already got a game going of that. And I'm so excited. I think there's a few like really? other features they can add to it. Yeah. But How does I'm, the interface work? Is it, oh, is it pretty su- well? Yeah, pretty good? Super. Yeah. Super smooth. Yeah. Very, very good. I think I think almost most games on BGA are quite, quite smooth. Some things don't work like I think there are some like real time games out there, which I don't know how you'd go about that. But other than that, no barrage. I think any really heavy Euro tends to make sense to be on BGA. Now, are you an asynchronous player? Is that is that is that the correct term for it, where you take a turn and you'll just wait until someone else sometime later takes their turn? Yeah. So like I'll have like four, five, six, seven different games going at once, and they're all asynchronous. And so you'll take one turn, uh, one turn, and then of course depending on the speed of the other players is how quickly um, you can get your turn back. Like right now I'm playing a game of Terra Mystica and there's one guy who's in Brazil and another in Hong Kong. And um, the time between my turns is uh, quite lengthy. And I think some of them have realized that their game is kaput. Um, They're not going to be winning. And so I think they've ignored this game a little bit longer. So the time in between turns has lengthened a bit. Yeah. See, that's the one thing about BG I don't care for. I enjoy like you're on a timer and if you don't take your turn, either you're going to be forfeit and the AI takes over or your the computer is just going to do it, take an optimal turn for you. Well, there is a time limit. You, you there's like and you can set the time limit. The standard, I think, is like two days to take your turn. Um, but you can, you know, I think you can mitigate how much of a time limit you want to set on that. Uh, and if you don't, then, of course, you know, you're you're penalized and then. The more you're penalized, the more or the less likely someone will want to play with you because they see that you don't take your turns. Yeah, well, I'll have to check it out because I know they recently brought Great Western Trail 
Um, uh, yes. And John absolutely whooped me in uh, great Western trail. Um, so there's that. And the fan factions for Terra Mystica are also out there. I'm currently playing. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah I'm currently... I was, because the files and all that are on, um, on BGG. So I was actually mm-hmm. looking to consider like printing them and laminating them and trying them out. Cause they look really cool. Yeah, I'm right now. There's like a bird faction called the Chash Dala, which really is just like Cash Dala. And uh, <laughs> their their main their mechanism is so you know normally you spend power to gain the little bonuses there at the bottom mm-hmm. from like from your bowl uh, the third bowl. Well, they instead of spending power can spend money instead of power. Okay. And so right That's off the bat, interesting because I feel like money isn't as still the not most prevalent. At least when I play, I always feel like money is probably the harder resource to come by. Yeah. So, so right off the bat, I think you start with like, you know, um, like six or seven or like however much money, but you know, the one, uh, the one bonus costs four power for seven money. Mm-hmm. So you spend four money to then get seven money. And then so you can turn quick, that into, and you just get a three uh, money, three money bump. It's and a quick then, little snipe. So the yeah, yep. turn order would be really important in that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I just wish this people in uh, Hong Kong and Brazil would take their turns. Yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting for Terra. I believe it's what they call it. Terra Nova, which is kind of the, have you looked at that one any? I have. Yeah. The capstones bringing out yeah. the, like, the lighter version of Terra Mystica. I, I mean, I, Hey, the more people you can introduce, the better. I think Terra Mystica is has a very tough barrier. I mean, the the skill ceiling for that and Gaia Project are so high that if you play against other players who know what they're doing, it is it is a rough, rough game. Yeah. It, uh, so yeah, there's because it's not only you know knowing your faction inside out, but then knowing your opponent's faction, and so much of of like how you're going to play the game is just almost in that. You know, if you have it set up, you can set up to where you're drafting the the factions and the characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And knowing where other players are going to be going, and so it's right. it's great tension. And that was I mentioned the other week. The one thing about Gaia Project uh, that I missed a little bit, and the, well, on the caveat is that I've only played Gaia Project at three players both times, but I never felt quite felt the 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 tension of how painfully close you had to be and needed to be to each other and Terra Terra Mystica. Uh, maybe that's just because they have things spread out a little bit more because of the planetary system. Uh, but I felt that was the one little thing that I missed, even though I think the tech track was was better implemented mm-hmm. in Gaia Project. Yeah, that that tension of like you are right next to me. I need to be next to you for benefit, but this is also could be dangerous. Have you looked at Clans of Caledonia? I have. I've looked at it not in super super detail, but I understand kind of the concept. I know a lot of people uh, reference the two a lot. I think um, that there, there's a lot of people who would rather play Clans. Then both Gaia Project and Terra Mystica, so it might be worth looking into see yeah. like maybe what the pizzazz. Honestly, it was the, it was just the theme of Clans of Caledonia it just seemed a little more just generic, and I know that's that's that's, that's <laughs> all, silly because well, all three of them are very um, generic, generic space fantasy and just and like generic, generic farming, Irish Irish Highland farming, <laughs> yeah, uh, for it. But uh, you know, being so far away in Danville, you know, we always make the joke that to fill your need to play games, you instead buy games. Yes. Um, so we are always on the lookout for your most recent uh, purchases. So have you had any just really interesting, because I know you're really into the trade game. Have yes. you had any interesting snags or just deals of a lifetime you've come across recently? Yeah. So um, a couple months ago, I purchased uh, Kemet Blood and Sand and the guy had like everything for it. Well, the, the play mat is too big for my table. And so I came across this game that's been hot on the Board Game Barrage Discord that's called Imperium the Contention. Now, Matthew, I know that now, you Is this the love... rolling right or... 
No, 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 no. That you're oh, thinking of Twilight Inscription. Oh, okay, okay. So now I know you and I are both lovers. I mean, you, me, and Jacob, we all love TI4, right? It is, it is, it is a part of my very essence. My DNA, <laughs> if you look very closely enough, will say TI4. Yes. So when um, when I was in Hawaii, I went to a game store, um, as all gamers are prone to do when they travel, and I found this game. Now, I didn't buy it then because I'm a dummy. Um, and then I got back home and then realized that this game is impossible to find. And so to bring that back to... And you um, saw it in Hawaii. Like, what's, what, what are the odds of that? Well, yeah, yeah. That was like, it was like the Kickstarter version. It was on sale. So anyways, if somebody's listening out there, I know like normally my impulse self hey, listen, would be like, yeah, buy Brady it, could but, go snag it up for you. You what, know, what island were you on? It depends. It depends on what I um uh the main one, whatever that is, Oahu. I think um if he's flying into Honolulu, Brady, if you're listening, I you think need to go to the he arm- is. Well, Listen. you need to go. He needs to go to the armchair armory, find Imperium the Contention, and snag that bad boy up because it is fantastic. So I traded. So I came back home, couldn't do anything. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna trade for it. And so I got rid of my Kenneth playmat that doesn't fit on my table. And shipped it to California, and some guy in California shipped his copy of Imperium: The Contention, uh, and it is basically TI four, except you can play in it about an hour. Um, now, obviously, is this there's one you were saying of, you sent us some pictures of the other day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, I was I mean, curious on what that was. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, the art is like very generic. Um, you know, sci-fi. I'm not a, really a fan of of the the box cover. It's kind of whatever. Um, but the well, that's gameplay, why I first thought it was a part of the TI4 universe when I looked at the artwork. Right, exactly. But the gameplay is really interesting. Um, and so if anybody, basically, I, the pitch would be, imagine TI4, except they throw you, uh, we fast forward about four or five hours into the game where everybody is now within, you know, a couple of hexes or like on top of each other ready to fight. Um, and that is basically the game. The card play is great. The factions are all different. Um I really, really like it. Um, I, so that was a recent trade that I did. Um, it just got Guards of Atlantis 2. So if you're a big fan of MOBA-style games, you know, like League of Legends or whatever, but this is a no-luck MOBA-style team-based game. Um, so 2v2, 4v4, uh, so on and so forth. And yeah. yeah, I think this is one that you would probably really, really like, but um, I'm interested to get digging into that one. Yeah, it's interesting because, it, I mean, it came out in 2021, but I have not... Un- or you mentioning i've not seen anything about this at all um which what's what's the play time for which one? Oh, i sorry i was talking about with imperium the contention oh imperium the contention okay i was looking here it was 30 minutes to two hours on that game okay yeah so i mean because it plays up to six yeah hey listen i i love um you have you played you you've um Oh, what is it? Uh, Sidereal Confluence. Have you played that with us? You, yeah, you've played that with us. Uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on it? That's been kind of a hot hot topic here lately. <laughs> Everyone has been poo-pooing on Sidereal uh, Confluence. And I know you've well, played just, it. Yeah, I just think it's really group-dependent, honestly. That is, Sidereal Confluence is very group-dependent. Um, and I think the quicker that everybody understands that, that that conversion table doesn't actually matter as much as you think it does, probably the better it would go um the the real winner in the game is the person who identifies the engine like what everybody else's engine is what they need and the person that starts facilitating the most trade so i could see why people would think that's fun to me it's just like it's like i love chaos and that is just a little bit too much for me a little too much yeah, yeah. i guess it's just it, it just has a sweet spot because i i enjoy 
and not to pick on you, but I felt like every time we'd play, I'd purposely like focus on you and just try to get every just a lopsided deal to go through. I'd throw just every deal at you, David, work with me, David, we can do this. See, I have a, I have a tendency <laughs> and, and everyone jokes on me. I, I use the word we a lot whenever yes, I'm talking do. about stuff. We need to do this. This will help us. Mm-hmm. We, we're going to do this together. Um, I learned from a very early age. I had a younger sister that I could always get her to do stuff if I use the word we a lot more. Mm. And so I think that's just been ingrained to me from a young age. Uh, I guess so, because, yeah, you're trying to constantly pull one over on other people and trying to get them to, to, I don't know why, but you're always made out to be the villain in these situations. I know, because one thing that we need to do, David, is that we need to figure out a deal on how to get Dead Reckoning shipped shipped to my place, because it has been killing me, because almost always, you know, if you really, really want a game, you you can find it online, but like there are only like two or three listings on eBay for mm. dead reckoning and they're just mm. absurdly overpriced to the point mm. to where i i think it's lunacy and most of them don't even include all the content it's like partial the partial of the like the the yeah. sagas or they may not have the upgraded resources or they may not have the sea dogs kind of the asymmetric more unique cards and yeah. stuff but you have the entire package minus the ghost ship and this has been a game that after we played it i loved because it's very all a scythe but it it's pirates which is a theme i love and i've talked about it previously on the podcast and you played it for, with your wife for the first time the other night, correct? Yeah, I did. And you know, what's funny is it sounds like you might like the game a little bit more than I do. Um, so that's a little funny. <laughs> now, listen, I told you I would trade you an acronym for it and, nah, and, and cash and whatever else you want. So the, so we played it and that was, um, that was a lot of fun. I think the mistake was I should have included the sea dogs from the get go. Um, just cause I don't think they were that much more complicated and they're a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, Sam, really enjoyed it um by the end there she was like i think it took her most of the game to kind of understand what because there is a lot to consider and like a lot to know how to play your cards when to play your cards um what to level up that sort of thing but i um she really enjoyed it and i'm here pretty soon we're going to start getting into the uh, the saga content which from what i understand everybody says that it might even be a good idea just from the first play to to include saga one of the saga boxes it, um, and the content from there. Is it set up to be just more of like new con, not new content being unveiled, or is it more of a story-driven campaign, or is there like decision-making in it? Yeah, I mean, you can play the campaign with, it's got like a little, like, you know, kind of like Maracaibo, and you know, like the quote-unquote like story that's there. It's yeah. really not that much. It's more of a um, Maracaibo land on a, on a tile, and you get to read the next card, which I right, guess for some but, people that that's enough. Yeah, for some people, that's enough. But basically, you know how the cards are divided into tiers from one to four. You yeah. you divide the cards into those boxes, shuffle them in, and um, and there you go. And, you know, you might pull one out that uh, says, you know, something crazy. Like, you've, you've one of the cards, I think, spoiler for anybody who's listening, is like a, a monkey. And the monkey, if you share space with like, uh, or if you're on an island that has um treasure or barrels on it the monkey will when you play the card the monkey leaves your ship goes and grabs some of the treasure and like brings it back onto your ship you know even though you don't control the island does it does it change up different uh end goals because i know that's um i think so and it also it changed it it might change up uh some of the achievements it also might change up um, achievements at least i know some of the islands um also some of like the, the the ship upgrades um you know, the things that you do to like give you more sales or more cannons. Um, there's also a few more, like there's a few different mechanisms um, with those as well. So uh, there's all kinds of stuff in the saga box that, that frankly, I think probably, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable game one, but definitely at, for sure game two onwards, 
uh, include in in your dead reckoning place. But I've I've really enjoyed it. My issue is, I wish the game was like maybe 10 minutes shorter per player, 10, 15 minutes shorter per player. And I wish the game was a little bit more dynamic sometimes, especially like towards, I just feel like it's a little more when you say dynamic. Like, like what I mean is like when someone plays a turn or like does their turn, like you really feel each turn that are like, you're very invested in because you know, each turn is almost like a ripple effect of like really affecting the board state where, you know, for most of the game up until about the end, it's kind of heads down, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause most of what you're doing that affects it is whether or not you're pushing influence onto, onto an Island, whether you're putting the defenses there or you're trying to gain influence. Yeah. Cause most of your upgrading is inconsequential unless you're paying attention to see what your opponent may be doing in the future. And it's and it's like Scythe in that way. Like, you know how in Scythe you can take your turn and be like, all right, next person go. Um, I feel I feel like Dead Reckoning can also be like that a little bit. Uh, but because it's somewhat like a deck builder, it takes a little bit longer than Scythe. Um, I, like it. I like it more than Scythe just because I like the... Um, I like that it's not just a resource optimization puzzle, an action optimization puzzle. I think there's a little bit more... Um, a little bit more there, maybe like more sandboxy, mm-hmm. um, but definitely, definitely similar feels. Like if you want to play a shorter game, play Scythe. But if you want to play a more sandboxy game, you can play Dead Reckoning and be lost in both worlds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it, much it would change up balance, but I think we may have mentioned before when you were talking about game length is maybe I mean, you can make it to where there's one less global achievement that needed to be reached to trigger in game, possibly, or you started the game with a little extra buff or a couple extra cards upgraded already. Yeah, something Maybe. like that. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. I think so. There's a Kickstarter. Uh, spoiler. Well, not spoiler. Well, for news. New, for new saga. Newsflash, right? everybody. So there's a new saga coming to Kickstarter. Um, so when when is that coming up again, Matthew? Is it August 9th, August eighth? I think. It's at least six. I thought it was six, maybe, but. Um... I'm not, I, I'm not quite sure. I know it at least comes with the, there's going to be a new saga with it. And I'm sure they're going to be doing a reprinting of the entire game. The problem is I don't want to wait a whole nother year <laughs> for it to actually finally potentially ship. Uh, my, my willpower is not strong enough to do that. So that's why I've been trying to pry it out of your hands. But no, um, the thing that I that really jumped out to me that I enjoyed the most out of it, uh, and I really didn't appreciate till further into the game, which makes me want to play it again to kind of see how things be differently, is... Um, incentivizes you to it i feel like it incentivizes combat well because even if you lose control of an island you your memory or kind of like Mm -hmm. the memory system of you controlled at a certain point and so you still retain some residual influence so that if you go back and try to take the um, island over then you'll have kind of building on that kind of residual influence you had before Um, right and in that way you can maybe not even control islands but you could have been most recent in a bunch of islands and score a lot of points that way, which I thought was really cool. That kind of like memory bank of previous holders. And so it didn't completely feel awful if you lost control of the island. You know, you still felt like you had some value still left in it. Yeah, and honestly, like getting second or third place in a bunch of different islands can really net you some points. Like while someone maybe is focusing control on one or two islands, if you have second or third place in say like five, six, seven islands, that's that could be huge. So um Absolutely. Yeah, I like the the breadth of the of the decision space in the game. Yeah, and speaking of which, we actually recently uh, started um, the campaign for the Rise of Fenris for Scythe over again uh, oh, nice. with myself, uh, Brady, Jacob, and John. Because John has has never he's not played much Scythe, and he's never you know really delved into the Fenris or kn- knew much about what it did. So we started over. I think we've we've gone through three games. 
Um, and everyone decided to give me an extreme handicap. So they gave me Tagawa, which is, I, I feel like pretty much universally regarded as the worst faction in the game. <laughs> um, and, and so, but finally we got to the point to the campaign where people are allowed to switch up their factions. So um, going for, I feel like I have a little bit better of a chance. Um, nice for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. If I could uh, maybe mention one, one more game and that is um, Imperium classics. Now, Matthew, have you looked uh, this is by Nigel Buckle and uh, David Turksey. Have you looked at this Imperium I've, Classics? And I've Imperium glanced Legends? at it. I know I know what it is, uh, but I haven't delved into the gameplay. I know you recently got this, and you sent us some pictures of you playing, and I haven't set it up. Yeah, so it is a it's a civilization deck builder. Now, I don't really know much about Civ games. Have you Have you ever played any any Civ games? Uh, Clash of Cultures. Um, is most recent kind of civ outside of obviously like tapestry or anything, but clash of cultures is probably the closest civilization board game that I have. I don't know if, if you're familiar with it. I know whiz kids just recently did yes. the big anniversary, a monumental edition or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy it because it really is. You're expanding, you're growing your, your, your cities. Um, and you have a tech tree with it. You're managing happiness mm-hmm. and resource and production and, and conquest and combat. Um, it, it's a game that is is interesting. It's the style that I appreciate and probably appreciate more in like a computer game mode yeah. more than uh, board games because you realize when you're playing it that just the very nature of civilization games are, is almost insurmountable in a in a board game outside of like uh, through the ages. You know, the card game. You right. know, maybe able to do a little bit more, uh, but like in just a full on four X board game, there's you you see a lot of the the interesting things that people love about like Sid Meier civilizations that are kind of cut out of the game. But I still think mm-hmm. there's interesting. I still own the game. Haven't sold it or got rid of it. Um, but that that's about it as far as my collection for civilization games. Yeah. So this is a, a civilization deck building game and effectively it is um, each box. There's a uh, classics and legends. Classics are basically all historical uh, factions or you know civilizations like the Romans, the Celts, uh, Persians, the Macedonians, um, and then the legends have like the Atlanteans, the Arthurians, um, so on and so forth. Um, but this game, yeah, this is just a very first impression because I'm in the middle of my third game. I've just been playing the solo only because I can see this is probably really heads down kind of multiplayer solitaire uh, kind of game. But basically, you can start out. You start out as like a barbarian state with just a few basic cards, uh, but slowly you go and you conquer regions and you build up your army um, and you build up um, different cards that you add to your deck. And then the next thing, um, by the end, what you're trying to do is become an established empire. So you go from a barbarian state and there comes a certain point in time that you become an established empire. And once you do that, then the cards you can play then are going to be a little bit different um, and yeah. basically trying to maximize points um, by the end. So it's been interesting. I think my one question that I have about this game is the same question that I had about Unmatched. And is it that is it the gameplay that's actually fun or is the fun in just exploring the factions? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. And that's and that's kind of, I feel, falls into like the Empires of the North a little bit too. Yeah. Um, because I, I enjoy the simplicity, kind of fun nature of the game, but part of the enjoyment also too is playing and getting a lot of the different factions, and that's great for the for the publishers and stuff because they'll just constantly crank out new content. <laughs> right. It's kind of like with like um, Marvel Champions and stuff like that. Marvel United, it's like 
how much do you want to play the same faction or the same play style over and over? You're constantly trying out new factions or new new types with it. Yeah, well, I think with Marvel Champions, like at least I think there's like a pretty solid system there, like a very good core gameplay loop. I think with um, like Imperium Classics, what I'm starting to notice is just kind of like the, you know, I get to play three cards, maybe four cards per uh, turn, activate this or that, um, you know, add the new card, shuffle, try to discard some, you know, that's sort of like normal, like very, like it leans very much into like, this is just a standard deck builder. So if you like just like Dominion style deck building, except instead of it taking, I don't know how long, how long does a game of Dominion take? I've never played. 30 minutes. I, yeah, I feel so like every time I played, I mean, I played with people who played it before, but 30 minutes. So instead usually. of 30 minutes, you get it for like an hour and a half to two hours. Um, and, but, but with like a lot of civil, like it's very, very thematic, very, very thematic. Um, and so that is something that if you, if anyone's out there who's like, you know, I, I really want some kind of Civ themed game. Um, I think this does tackled like the civilization aspect you very I, I feel it way more than i ever did in tapestry my issue i think might be just like a game length and i don't know how much more i might like the core gameplay loop and whether it's like the gameplay that's good or just discovering the faction and then after i played a faction maybe two or three times i think like okay i'm done with that one move on to the next well david you and i both know the next great civilization game is going to be arcs no oh, yeah right <laughs> now did you yeah. did, remind me did you end up backing this Oh, 100%. Oh, okay, you did. Okay, I wasn't, oh, I wasn't sure. Did you? Oh, yeah. It oh, is, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wasn't like in the first hundred, but I was at work and I saw it came out and it was like, oh, put everything else on pause. Yeah. Uh, yep. it, it was full send for that one. Speaking yeah. of Cole Worley, is that what you're going to say next? Yeah, John Company. They, Woo! Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. And you can't see us, but we're tapping our, our veins here. Yep. Now, did you so. buy the book? David, this is why I love you, brother. So, so David and I recording this, he's obviously hours away, but we have kind of a live video chat up and he's showing me, uh, the book that was the honorable John company. It's called the honorable company, the honorable a history company. of the English East India company. And this is the, this is the main book that Cole Worley has, uh, recommended, yeah. uh, prior. Like, and it, it is, it's a, it's a dry book. It's a thick boy and it is dry, but is it interesting though? historical super, context though super fascinating i mean like at times like the writing is a bit dry but like the the what we think of as the east india company and like this guy goes deep and it is so fascinating like honestly to me the history and i and i think this will then reflect in the gameplay because from what i understand john company is basically about trying to run company running into the ground and like trying to fix the problems that you yourself created and make a profit, whether the profit comes from running the company to the ground or keeping it alive. And reading the history, what's been interesting is to see that the East India Company, in large part, is like trying to get spaghetti to stick to a wall. That is most of these people. They were traveling to places they didn't know what they were going to find. They were traveling to people they didn't know whether they were going to be hostile and chop them up into pieces and send them floating down the river Probably or whether they're going to so. trade them everything they have. So I'm really excited for this to be reflected in in the gameplay. Yeah, because they he, he just recently went on Heavy Cardboard, which he I think he's done with all of his games. Um, I think he's so. on Heavy Cardboard and he did a teach and um, he did a playthrough with him and actually fell asleep the other night. It was like 1130 at night and it was way too late, but I put it on and I just fell asleep going through the teach and stuff. But um, it looks like it's going to be punishing in nature because like at the end of their game playthrough, it's like the winning score was two points, oh, uh, two or three points in it. Uh, and there's actually negative points that you can have on it. But you're essentially, yeah, essentially you're, 
I don't know if you you label it as semi co-op, but you all are all running the same company. You're all you know vying for positions in this company, uh, and these positions give you power and abilities. Uh, at the success or the failure of the company as a whole affects you, even though you're still trying to be competitive with other people, which you know just is indicative of real life struggle of a of a trading company or any any company still today. And so I'm excited for it. we still have a a couple months, I think, at least two yeah. months, I think around October ish uh, is when yeah. it's supposed to come out. Um, but but it, the game looks beautiful from a historical kind of from flavor, uh, like even looking at the rule book with all those like uh, like 1700s, like um, political artwork and all like that kind of stuff, like the caricatures and stuff. caricature yeah. artwork and stuff. That's very, very reminiscent of that time period. I love it. Um, this is with his whirly gig games with him and his brother do. And so this isn't for anyone who enjoys root and those kind of games do not fool yourself and thinking it's going to be any, anything comparable uh, to that. And foolishly, I've, as I mentioned before, I, I decided to do single wave shipping for uh, PAX, PAX premier second edition and stuff with that. And I've just regret it. Cause I've wish I would have had it months and months and months ago. Yeah. Cause you've um, been wanting to play that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's it's the more I play it, the more I want to play it. It's so good. Oh, it man. really is. It's so so good. I still I, I still it. contend that I enjoy it at the four and five player count. I probably would more agree than with that too. more than the three. Um, yeah. But but hopefully we get it in and and I can get uh, Jacob and and Brady to enjoy it more because uh, <laughs> John John just sees Cole Worley's name on anything and he 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 loses his his reasoning and his logic. Yes. Um, but but Brady is very very skeptical when it comes to anything Cole Worley because he's just like Cole Worley's mission is just to is to make things difficult for Brady, and so he's always very very skeptical about it. Yeah. So I mean, hey, look, I've I've done some chatting online, and for a lot of people, this is their favorite Cole game. As a matter of fact, like Cole himself has said in that heavy cardboard um, uh, video that if he could have only designed one game. It's this one. Oh, really? It's John, okay. It's John Company. Yeah, like he says, wow. this is his baby. Like he loves this game and is very proud of this game. So I'm I'm happy to be along for the ride. I'm really looking forward to it. And um, yeah, I think October when it comes and look forward to backing whatever else Cole decides to. Well, we're gonna have to the world. We're gonna have to plan a trip. Either us coming up to you or you coming down to us to to get a plate. Because I don't know if Sam is gonna your wife is gonna be volunteering anytime soon uh to play the game because you have a, a a baby on the way yeah we do yeah august 25th um our son is gonna be making his well we're hoping that august 25th maybe uh, sam is hoping maybe even a little bit earlier um he making his appearance into this world and you best believe that the first thing we're gonna do as soon as he uh uh pops in this world i'm gonna instead of swaddling him and putting him into like a like a cradle or whatever i'm just gonna put him into uh, the the pax premier box or like a root box and uh That'll be his little his little nook for a while, so he can uh, get it ingrained in his soul. <laughs> his soul, yeah. Um, a, a game that I recently picked up and it actually got to my doorstep today. I love getting games ordered and then you get home from work and it's like Christmas in mm, July. Yeah. Um, and this is a game that was sh- uh, that we um, we heard about from um, some members on the Discord. Let us know, and that is Stars of Icarios, Icarios or Icarios. Um, I don't, I don't know, know but, which one you way you pronounce. It. Have you looked into this game much at all? I because have. we have just been uh, just losing our minds and r- r- ranting and raving over this. Because I don't remember it when it originally came out on Kickstarter. Yeah, me either. That's the it. thing. I like all of a sudden I heard people talking. About, I was like, I completely missed this one. So this must be one of those Kickstarters that just took forever to to fulfill. Yeah, and and the thing is, this game mashes up so many 
I, I said the other day is like trigger words, trigger warnings about like what this game is like, that it's either going to be just the most amazing, fantastic thing, or it's going to be just complete disappointment. And I don't see how it could be anywhere in the middle um, because it's getting comparisons to if you enjoy skirmishing and maneuvering like you would in um, X-Wing, X-Wing. if you enjoy that kind of um, when they say Gloomhaven, I think what they mean the most is when you look at your Gloomhaven cards, the way that mm-hmm. movement is done, the way that positional and pattern attacks are yep. done on cards. You essentially have um, have a player board where you are your ship. You're you're a pilot in a ship, but your ship has all these Gloomhaven S type movement abilities, engine abilities, combat abilities, similar to a lot of the movement and area of effect type combat uh, cards you would have in Gloomhaven. It's very reminiscent of that. Right. Um, and then it also has an essence of Seventh Continent, Seventh Citadel exploration, where you have, if you're familiar with those, you have. You do for both space and for the planetary ex- expedition. So there's essentially, for my limited knowledge of the game, you have different planets in the star system that you go out and trek on your voyage. Okay. Um, and you're going through the system, and it's like you have a card. You can go north, south, east, or west, very a la Seventh Continent. And when you do that, uh, you reveal the next card that would be chained with it, where you're kind of unfolding a map, kind of Fog of War style. Uh, but then you're going to come across uh, items and encounters and discoverable places, but they're going to have like skill checks to determine whether or not you learn about it. Cause I saw some pictures, your um, one example, I saw some pictures is essentially you were, you were on a planet, but you had entered like a, a space lab and there were items all around the lab and stuff that you can interact with or read about. And they all had like numbers on them that were attached to text in a, in a log book. Yeah. Um, and you would have to determine whether or not you were able to glean information, but it could give you things that you could use in your space combat because um, uh, the combat, you like you mentioned with um, X-Wing, it's all hex-based. Right. Um, and so that was the one thing about X-Wing that kind of didn't get me too excited is just the... The line of sight thing. The line of sight and the just kind of, you know, did I move this quite right? Did I actually bump something? <laughs> Whereas with the hex system, you know exactly where you're supposed to be, where your movements will line up. And I know some people, they enjoy X-Wing because it's that that judging part of it. Um, but you're going to be gaining upgrades to your ship, leveling up your ship, um, gaining abilities, gaining engine abilities, um um, to customize your ship and, and work with your team. And it has an activation system with dice. So you'll have dice. I don't know if the dice are like an upgraded system or certain dice have higher chances of rolling certain abilities on them. I don't know how that'll work, but you'll roll your dice and then you'll allocate dice to trigger different movement abilities and attack abilities. Um, it looks really cool when you say everything from X-Wing to Gloomhaven to uh, Seventh Continent for exploration and kind of narrative campaign uh, driven. It's got it's got everything you would want in it, at least for me, um, that like I don't have in another game right now, especially yeah. like a space exploration game because ISS Vanguard, it's just <laughs> like, it's just that girl you see at, at school, but you never have the courage to go and say hi. I don't know if I'll ever get to get to meet <laughs> ISS Vanguard, um, but Stars of Icarios is on my, is, is, um, has arrived. And so I think we're actually tonight, after we get on recording, I'm getting together with uh, John and Jacob, I believe, and... Uh, we're going to be unboxing it together. And what's I cool see. is because it also comes with miniatures uh, for all I the alien that. ships and, and a neoprene play mat and stuff and all like custom game trays inserts for everything. And so, you know, like I said, I, I'm really, really excited. I haven't dived super deep in like the story and how it's going to unfold, but it's really interesting. And uh, I'm excited for it, but also nervous because 
it's it's been the number one thing I've been thinking about for the past week and a half. <laughs> all getting to the table and playing, and so it's going to either just be the most awesome thing ever or disappoint me. Or you know, it'll be good because I know like y'all's uh, Gloomhaven campaign is kind of like stalled out a little bit, and I think you know some people have kind of. Well, you John know. and I are, are still really loving, and we'll probably play some more of it two player uh, until um, Frosthaven. But the, the big the big thing with with Gloomhaven that everyone agrees with is the missions. Although the gameplay, I think, is ten out of ten. The mission objectives are repetitive. Are so repetitive, and I think and Jaws the Lion, you know, being kind of a, a sequel light version of the game did better. But I just remember some of those really really awesome missions were you know there's four of us there are there's a main room there's four separate little rooms there's got to be an individual objective done in these different chambers and rooms and that we're timed and you know we have to kind of trek out into our own thing but yet work together versus just make it to the end and kill everything well that was the thing it was like every like the first few missions were like so great and then like with jaws of the lion coming in like mission five or six um it was basically mission one but an hour and a half longer because you know the enemies got stronger or whatever and it was just like the 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 repeat of come in kill stuff and then that's your mission and you know there there needed to be a little bit more um involved there i think for for that sort of for something to be pitched as like a, a campaign rather than uh, a one-off so which speaking of like one-off um uh, cooperative scenarios now you picked up unsettled right i picked up about 50 pounds of unsettled yeah, um, buddy. And so it's not here yet. I kicked, I got, did the Kickstarter, the new one with some of the extra planets and stuff. I found somebody um, local. I should be picking it up at the end of this month. So I'm, uh, don't, I'm pretty. Well, here's the thing. I don't, I want you to get it to try it out, but I don't want you to tell me about it because okay. I don't want you to tell me, Matthew, you wasted your money <laughs> or anything like that, or just start like tanking the value. Cause I feel like board games nowadays are like speculative stocks. As soon as someone <laughs> puts out a bad review, just the value of, of the money you've put into this Kickstarter is tanking before you even get it and have a chance to sell it. Yeah. Um, so just yeah. don't, don't bust, don't burst my bubbles. Oh, I won't. I've, I've just like, I've done kind of like a 180 on sci-fi games. Like when I first started gaming, I just wanted, you know, like resource conversion, historical real life stuff. Uh, and now I'm like really getting into a lot of sci-fi stuff. And so uh, Unsettled looked like really, really great. So I'll be uh, probably getting that at the end of the month uh, when I go to KinesiaCon here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Now you didn't so tell me about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 so you you mentioned it, but I didn't know that you said you were were going to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's in Raleigh, which is like an hour and a half, which, you know, uh, I want to say, Brady, you were so close to me, yet you didn't come visit. So shame on you for that. But nonetheless, the I think he was going to like some kind of What are the dates concert. on that? Uh, it is July 31st on Sunday. So right it's after just church. one day. Uh, yep. One day. So right after church, my wife and I will, uh, buck up in the car, um, and head, well, I think she's coming. She may or may not come, uh, decide. I was we'll about to say your wife pregnant. I was like, that's very kind of her to volunteer to go with you. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, Kinesia con, we're just playing straight up Reiner Kinesia games, all games by the good doctor. And so, um, I've thought about even, there's a game called a uh, spectaculum which is about uh, buying high and selling low. So, so you might want to look into that game by The Good Doctor. So I might pick that up before I go to, to bring it along with me. Buying cool. high and selling low. Sorry, mm -hmm. buying low, selling high. Thank okay, because I was like, you got I was like what is he doing here? Is he doing like yeah. a Prodigal's <laughs> Club type, like be the worst no, 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 no. player? Sorry, sorry. I meant uh, buying low and selling high and really trying to like, you know, short everyone out. So um, we'll, okay. it's got a weird Well, I like that because, you know, we've, we've recently, you know, got back into City of the Big Shoulders and that's our 
our favorite part of the game outside of some of the fiddly you've played city of the big shoulders with us um, i have yeah it's been a while but outside of the fiddliness of some of the the running your company the the stock value manipulation dumping and buying and mm-hmm. moving assets around was our favorite part of the game yeah and so if that kind of captures a little of that spirit we definitely need to check it out yeah yeah definitely now david i have been trying and as you mentioned kind of going to canizia con i have been doing everything i can since we went to pax unplugged um in december of last year to try to talk the other guys into going with us and it just the closer it gets the the more and more i feel like that dream is slowly slowly fading away and so i just need to ask you today and see if i can get a get a, a <laughs> semi quasi commitment of or testing the waters on your feel for a uh a pax unplugged 2022 yeah i mean it, it's very possible that it might happen um you know philly is only an hour away from my in-laws um, so in theory with the baby, we could go up to New Jersey. Uh, Sam could just stay with, you know, her family. And then you and I could boogie on to uh, Philly for a couple days. David, it and, sounds, uh, let's, it's a plan. I'm already, I'll put it in my calendar. <laughs> I got a hard commit from, I have witnesses. I don't I just, I enjoyed it so much and I know I talk about it way too much, but it was, it was really, too. really, too. It, it, minus the crazy people that, and you're going to get that everywhere. You're going to get the crazies always come out. Um, yeah. but I just thought it was a really good feel because i know john is going to be going to gen con here at the first of august in indy uh did he not tell you this oh because he's working with uh yeah, van rider van rider's yeah. father-in-law works there because he recently had uh keepers um come out i don't know if you saw that or, or did. Yeah, yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. he recently his father-in-law the game that uses all of his artwork came out and stuff and and john's gonna be there with the van rider group doing um doing some play testing uh well not play testing but teaching and playing um, for people for another nice. game. And he also said apparently that uh, Gray Western Trail um, second edition with Argentina should be there at Gen Con. So I told him he's going to have to pick us up a couple copies. And so he'll be our mule um, for stuff we want to pick up because I, I won't be going um, to Gen Con. But that's what I was going to say is like the feeling that we got out of PAX Unplugged was a lot different than I feel you would get at some of those other conventions. Uh, yeah, even more well, so I, than I, a Dice Tower cruise, which was, which was great. And I definitely think that if they're all possible sometime in the future should be something you should should look at at least yeah definitely no i would love to i think if we were to go again i would want to try to play more games um than we did this last like last last year i think we're just so enamored with like all the booths and being um uh you know the the bright and shiny with all the publishers there and you oh, just yeah. wanted to buy everything oh, yeah. so well um, everything so. was a first right right yeah and, and, and we, so we got up in that tree and took our everdell pictures together yep that's right. Yeah, I mean, um, we were we were geeking out, uh, but yeah, absolutely, um, playing more games. And I already I already said that the the way you do it, the very first day you go in, the first hour or two, you just go in, get all the games that you want to get. That's right. Get a taxi. Don't walk. Get a taxi because you're gonna have a hundred. I was literally lugging around a hundred pounds or more <laughs> of games, and it was the most embarrassing. I don't know if I told you this. You were embarrassed. Like, I wasn't well, embarrassed at all. Well, when we were walking through the Reading market or reading market uh yeah and i have a giant backpack on my back a giant bag in my left hand and right hand and everyone was already shoulder to shoulder and here i am taking up th- the space of three people saying excuse me excuse me knowing full well that i, I chose to do this and hey, now look. i make everyone else get out of my way look but, dude big dogs gotta eat big so dogs you, gotta eat. you gotta you gotta no. look 
you're if you're there you're there and you're there for a reason so yeah. if they were there just to get a sandwich and not to buy board games and get a sandwich then they were doing it wrong they were doing so, it wrong that's right um yeah no i i would i would love to i that's I, it's likely probably something that we could swing but it's just a matter of you know having a new baby and uh trying to figure yeah, all of that out don't so. let me peer pressure you it's just um just, just, just getting some feelers out. Just getting some well, feelers out. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to. So I, I okay. would love to do that again. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, because I know uh, board game barrage and stuff, which you're, you're involved with all the Discord and stuff. They have meetups and stuff there as well. And so it's a, it's a way of you know some of the people you're on Discord with that are maybe halfway across the country, an opportunity to kind of meet up with them and play games in person. Because we did that for several people that I was there with you that you had never met before in person, but we sat down and, and met them and played some games and new games and stuff. So it's really, it's really cool. Um, cool experience for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They like the, the guy who taught us Pax Porfiriana is the one who's hosting Kenizia con. So he's like an hour and a half away. So that's why that's, uh, I'm going. That game of Pax Porfiriana still lives on my mind. That was a very wild experience. Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, it, it literally felt like we're in the wild, wild west, but in a yeah. Pax heavy Euro it's yep. like we all had invisible guns that we were pointing at each other. <laughs> we were just ready just to let loose. It was just kind of like a standoff. Yeah, um, ready to see who's going to topple the government it, and who's going to come out on top. It's very quasi-esoteric and very, like, there's so much game that was just happening above the table, which I always so talk good. about that I love. But it, it it is a game that you almost need to, like, hey, let's just sit down for 30, 40 minutes and just play a hand or two and just kind of get a feel. Because even, like, halfway through that first game, I'm still, like... How, how are these mechanics working together in a good yeah. way? It's like, there's, it's a really smart, obviously the, the artwork is, is, is rough and the Ugh, iconography. Yeah. Um, Begging for a second edition. That's for sure. But I, I, I loved it and I picked it up shortly after we came back from PAX. So it's yeah. uh, good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's get in, get into a kind of our main topic for uh, today. We were calling it, um, David came, I was asking David, you know, do you have anything you, you'd like to kind of talk about? And he had a great idea. Um, and so I was kind of calling it champions of life and David kind of looked at me. He's like, why are we calling it champions of life? Um, and the context is, uh, several years ago, we had an infamous, uh, football coach. I don't know how much into college football you are, uh, here at the university of Tennessee, the great university of Tennessee. And they had a great season. Um, they went to a really, uh, big bowl game and they lost and, wow. um, everyone was very upset and, you know, everyone's very upset. And the coach said, you know, don't worry guys. You know, we're still the champions of life after they had just they had literally done had, had one of the best seasons they had in years. And, and everyone had so much expectations. And he said, don't worry, we may have lost the game, but these boys, they're champions of life. And it was one right. of those like he meant well, but like everyone I rolled and memed the whole yeah. like epic failures. But yeah, we're still champions of life. And so we're, right. what we're talking about today are our board games where we may not even stand a chance of winning or you know what winning we're not even too worried about it because we're still going to be the champions of life and by that you know there may be some moral victory there may be some in-game goal that like i may not win but if i do this or if i at least accomplish this in the game i feel like i still succeeded to some degree yeah right? i think like it is um it's a good way especially you know i i like joke around and it's just because like i, I don't win that many games but that every game is a learning game um and it's just you know what i say to make myself feel better um yeah but, that's also well, what you say so we don't have to sit down through the entire rules teach like eh, well let's start playing we'll learn as we go well you know i think that was definitely and you know what's interesting is that is definitely a a newer gamer trait where you don't want to sit through a lot of rules and you just kind of want to want to get to playing but then the more you game the more you realize like no i i you get used to listening to rules and and you know so that was 
more of a newer gamer trait. I'm, I'm happy to sit through. And especially now as someone who has to teach a lot of rules, um, I understand the labor of love that, that, yeah, that you all went through with, with those teachers. So, uh, but anyways, um, if you find yourself in a situation where you're learning a new game, one of the things that you can do, um, or a game that you're not that great at, is pick an in-game goal. Something that you would say, like, I may not win, but if I could do this one thing or accomplish this one action or reach the top of this track or whatever or reach this game state, I will feel accomplished. Um, the the most notable one, um, this is on my list, but like, you know, we played Blood Rage probably two or three times and every single time I could not get past 100 points. And so one game I was like, all right, Sam said, as I left, she said, if you don't score 100 points, then you're uh, sleeping on the couch tonight. And yep. so I got there. And it's I told do you or die time. Got, Got to score a hundred points here. So, and and sure enough, that game I did. But that, and I didn't, I didn't win. Not by. I'm pretty sure we all got steamrolled by you. Um, but I did. I got like a hundred and four points or something like that. And I felt, I felt good. I felt accomplished in that game. And so, yeah, exactly. Um, and so this is an interesting, uh, interesting list because it's it's something that I don't think about all that often. But I I went through there um, some some games and um, I had some interesting ones and so the first one I'm going to start off in is a game I don't know that I've ever talked about before um, and that is chess now mm. I don't know if you have a history of playing chess or are into it at all um, everyone knows who, what the, what chess is about um, but I have tried and tried for years and years to be good at chess um, it's kind of like a, a kind of a, a, a kind of like a status symbol is like, oh, you're good at chess. You must be very smart. You must be very intelligent. <laughs> must must be very, very strategic. And so I was like, well, that sounds like great things. I could do this. Um, but I, my hubris of my nature is every time I play chess, I, I, I could never win. And so what my goal was, you know what? I may not win, but I want to take more pieces off an opponent's, yeah. uh, off their side of the board. And so this is my example. Now this can be used in a lot of other games, right? And a lot of uh, combat games, you know, area control, everything from Kemet um, to Lords of Hellas, whatever it may be, you know, your goal may just be to have the biggest army or to have the biggest presence on the board. Cause a lot of right. these games, you know, there's, there's more subtle ways of winning. And so, but in chess, I would always just go after removing pieces, completely oblivious to, well, the goal isn't to take off pieces. It's to, no. to trap the queen. Right. Um, and so I would always still, uh, inadvertently still just unavoidably lose, but I would always still have that sense of like accomplishment. It's like I, I removed more pieces off of their board, off their side of the board than they removed off to mine. Um, and so that was one that just jumped out at me. Cause even as a, as a, as a, as a kid, that was something that I struggled with, but I would still have that internal moral victory. And so you can still use that. Like I said, in a lot of other games, you know, you may not have the, the victory points to say I won the game, but you could do more on the board maybe than your opponents. And when you're learning a game or you're just starting out, you know, winning the game may not be as important as just seeing that. Can I play the game? Can I right. interact with the game state? Can I, can I actually get units out on the board? Can I win a combat or two? And so it was yeah. the first, that was the first one that jumped out to me. So that was my first one is chess. Okay. Uh, my first one is going to be the, the, the Mac daddy of super long game. I mean, when you think, Long board game. This one is the first one Crokinole? that should come to everyone. Uh, yeah, Crokinole, yeah, okay. right? <laughs> um, is going to be Twilight Imperium, fourth fourth edition. Fourth edition. Um, now, Matthew, we all love Twilight Imperium. It's our favorite. I mean, we love nothing more than spending our whole day looking. We love looking at our shelf of shame and thinking all the games that we could be playing. Cthulhu think, Wars is sitting instead, on. Instead, I'm going to play eight hours of TI4. 
or more it's, or more or more uh, especially with that expansion yeah. uh, but anyways um so ti4 one of the things that you can do though in the game is you can basically build your own death star which in the game is called a uh a war sun right war sun mm-hmm. and so in the last three games of ti4 that i've played i said to myself i know i'm not going to win this game but, but if I could just build that freaking war sun, I will be very comfortable. Because it takes a while to build up to get to to get to that unit. And oh um, yeah, you have to have the the economy to do it. You have to be able to support um, the resources it takes, um, right? The technology level to to get there. And so, um, yeah, no. And in none of those three games, I've I've built a war sun. Um, but I got I got close. I was the game was one round short. Um, the the term before the last time we played at Cabin Con. Um, but that to me is like when I'm playing TI4. That's goal number one. And then if we happen to score high, great. Um, but war sun over everything. Yeah, absolutely. And in that game, uh, my goal is um, to just not be the first one to just give up. <laughs> <laughs> Because nothing is worse than those rotten PDSs, and I think that was that's always been my biggest frustration with TI four is that it gives you this the, the it deceives you into think you have a strong unit or a strong army, and nope. then all it takes is a couple PDSs to just yep. absolutely just take you to town, um, and just make you just feel miserable. It's like I spent two hours building up this armada, and then it was just gone in five ten minutes, yep. and so that that's gonna always be the most frustrating part of it. But I think we're getting doing a war sun. No one can really stop you from doing it. it just may take you a while doing yeah. it. Absolutely. Hey, if if you're if you really hate building up a, a fleet for two hours only for for it to be decimated in like five seconds, uh, I'm going to recommend Imperium the Contention. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to have to try it out. Yeah. All right. Well, my second one here. Um, and when I first thought about, it, I was like, no, I don't. I, I feel like I do pretty well in this game. But when I really thought about, it, I was like, I don't know if I've ever won this game, and if I have. It may have been once, but I still don't know if I have or not. And that is Barrage. Hmm. Um, Barrage is hmm. a very, very challenging, punishing game. Yes, um, it is. And even though you may have the biggest network of water and dams, a lot of it, it comes to opportune timing uh, when you're doing stuff. Um, and I always feel like I, I miss out for one way or another on, on optimizing as well as I could. But my in-game goal to where I feel like, you know what? I did something that not everyone else did and I feel accomplished and I may not even always achieve it, but it's something I strive for. And, you know, some, some things in games are just so enticing that you realize it's not going to help me win the game, but I still want to do it. Right. Just because yeah. it's fun. Like with, with Brady and Scythe, he plays Polania. He wants to land on every encounter token and get every yes. encounter card in the game. Or mm-hmm. if he didn't do that, he lost even yeah. <laughs> uh, no matter what. Uh, and my, what I try to do in barrage is to set up a network to where I can optimize the flow of water from the top of the board, almost down to the bottom Ooh, to where when they hit, tough. hit the dam, uh, and then they go to the power plant and the water gets kind of moved over and converted and then it goes down the yeah, next you, part of the river. you spit it out to another one of your dams that you then convert and then you spit out and to then, one more of your dams. And, and, chain. Then, yeah. and so like I think hitting like three chains is it what you would go for. And yeah. it is very expensive to try to do something like that probably very, very um, inefficient because the whole goal is is to optimize other people's infrastructure. Right. For your own versus like building your own. But in, for whatever reason, Barrage, I want to be very, very selfish. Just like I want to use that water. I want to earn it and I want to use it the best versus like setting up, uh, you know, beneath someone else's dam or their power plant so that you can catch the runoff and stuff. But right. I try to do like just a super combo move. And usually maybe I do it once at the very end of the game once I have it all set up. 
but do just a combo move of just that one flow of water could optimize and churn um, three different dams and power plants. Often it's a it's a big move, but it's it's too little, too late um, because I wasn't optimizing everything up until that point. Yeah. Uh, but it's still fun though, right? Yeah. And that's the whole kind of point of a, of a lot of this this list is you know finding joy in a game that's outside of just a, a, a binary win or lose condition. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be All champions right. of life. Yeah, you gotta be a champion. That's right. You may not win, but you you, uh, you build your network from top to bottom. Yeah. Um, all right. So my number two is going to be Blood Rage. Now, uh, specifically is, um, oh, what do you call that middle section? What's the? Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. I, was, I don't know why I was, I could, I was struggling to think of the name, but yes. So specifically uh, winning a combat in Yggdrasil um, and, you know, getting the the three bumps on your status tracks. This is hard because anything can happen in Yggdrasil. Well, so so the thing is like anytime I'm playing Blood Rage, I'm already like quaking in my boots and I'm like, I'm so stressed out because I know I know I picked the wrong card. I know I draft I gave the next person the card that they needed. I'm not very good at this game. Um and so for me though, I'm like, okay, if I could win a battle in Yggdrasil and uh and pillage it successfully I will feel accomplished in this game. So we've moved past the 100-point metric. I feel like I've played a couple of times on BGA. I think I can hit 100 points pretty confidently now. Um, so now it's winning a battle in Indrasil because for whatever reason, I'm tempted to go in there, but I know, I know Matthew has some stupid card that's going to destroy all my units but one, or there's going to be someone to do something so crazy that I wasn't expecting. Maybe they had two units, but they had like a, like a six or a seven-point card uh, ready to just drop one more strength than me or at least tie yeah. me so that we all die. Uh, and so that would be like an in-game goal for me is just one time in the three stages of Blood Rage, pillage Yggdrasil and win successfully. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, you're right because there are a lot of things that can happen because there are the cards that everyone must destroy all but one figure. That means just anything. Yeah. Um, so that could be huge. But there's also like those Odin cars that cancel the text of someone else's card. Yep. Um, and so there's there's a lot of like variables that even if you have the most strength, it doesn't really uh, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't mean anything for it. But that's good. But you at least accomplish your goal of at least 100 points in the game, <laughs> which is always hilarious because, you know, when I very first started playing Blood Rage, it's like you're scoring 50, 60 points. And it's like, why does the track score track go, go so far where we're just barely getting halfway through? Yeah. Uh, but not the case. I think I, I think I've cracked three hundred. Clo- either I've cracked or gotten close to three hundred points, at least once. Must be nice. Must be nice. Um, all right. So my number three, um, first ones that kind of jumped out at me are like, don't mess with Cthulhu or uh, Resistance, but any kind of social deduction game that requires, I wouldn't say lying, but requires at least trying to build a trust. Um, hmm. with someone in game and my my desire in these type of games and almost to a fault because it kind of gives out more information than <laughs> I want is I like I want to be your I say I was like I'll let me be your ride or die let me be yep. you know ride together die together bad bad boys for life like I'm going <laughs> to commit to you right now before I even know anything we're going to commit and we are going to be so committed so hard that nothing and no one can tear us apart and then inadvertently, I always get backstabbed or betrayed because yeah. they take my kindness for weakness, <laughs> as uh, as Beyonce, I believe, said, and yeah. take my kindness for weakness. But like my my desire in these games is to be as loyal 
as as humanly possible in this game like make the sacrifices i need to in these games where you're like you need to show commitment and loyalty mm-hmm. or you're partnering up and i may end up losing the game but i feel that sense of like satisfaction and reward for like setting the goal at the beginning is like i'm going to be as loyal even if i may not win like good critters is a great one that's a fantastic example it's like you have to build those groups of like three or four and it's like and you can only survive if you do not break your bonds of fellowship if you don't yeah. break the alliance because all it takes is one person to switch sides and then you everything falls apart so i'm like right i was like we need i will everyone in the group right now that has the power and good good critters like we i will be loyal because sometimes i've been like the um the don the one who giving out money is like i will take yeah. less money and give you all more money just so we stay loyal to each other uh-huh. and and even though i'm giving out more money than i keep myself someone inadvertently still betrays me stabs me in the back but i was like you know what so I, I may have lost but but I, I i'm still the champion of life you're still a champion of life champion yeah. of life um but that really goes with any of the um social, kind of deduction. social deduction or kind of social construct type games where we have shifting alliances um throughout it um even something like telestrations man you know i'm not really worried about winning i'm worried about did i stay true to the words and and the in the pictures on my board you play telestration so incorrectly it's not even funny um but we will <laughs> there's something there's something about me broken it just doesn't compute i guess so all right so uh so my number 3 um and this is one this actually isn't one really that that i i i'm tempted to go for but i never do but I know a lot of people do, is that is uh, comes from Brass. Now, this works for either uh, Lancashire or works for Brass Birmingham. Um, but there are I different... I thought about this one, but I, my, yeah. my thought was like, well, what am I... Like, I was like, don't go broke, was my initial thought. Well, no, I was thinking more so of... Um, so, you know, there's the different industries that you can build up all the way to the top. And pottery in Brass Birmingham or your like uh, your shipyards or whatever. No, um, the, the ports... Uh, in the in Lancashire are like the very very expensive ones, and so yeah. uh, an end game goal might be like you know what I'm not I may or may not win, but gosh darn I'm gonna freaking build these potteries and I'm gonna build them all the way to level four or level five or whatever it Wait, is. And what are that, the what are the, is that the two in in Lancashire? Those there was two of them. Is that uh, no the one in Lancashire is just like it's the boats the boats and there's like two of them. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the shipyards. And that's what um, I did our last game. Honestly, I didn't think about I know, that. yeah. And it and it ended up like I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad for you. You were just in horrible debt for the most of the game. Yeah, you like didn't that, come in last. That, so. that you know, people talk about like, oh, they're making a core memory right now. It's like that <laughs> game of Lancashire was like a core memory in my mind because the how just just horribly I was getting hit with like losing turns to take more debt, to not be able to pay for things, to lose more turns to take more debt. Like I didn't even play my last three or four turns in the game because yeah. I fi- I couldn't I I financially could never recover as Joe Exotic right. said, uh, but I still managed to just be not too many points away from still winning the game even yeah. after all that that craziness was is a really cool experience. And we played we we've, we've gotten like, several more games played um, since we we played. Oh nice! You brought in we played initially and um, we really like it, especially at at a three player game. It's yeah, it's tight. Yeah, I know when Sam when like when Sam plays brass. That is what she goes for. She's like, I, I'm going to build up the pottery all the way to level five. I'm going to do the shipyards all the way to level five, um, even if she like doesn't win. I mean, obviously, the goal is to win in those instances, but that is, I know, an in-game goal that she sets for herself and actually like helps focus your, her strategy, sometimes doing these type of in-game goals. Because, you know, when you do it, when you play a Euro game, you're tempted to like do a little bit of everything, and that's a trap. You actually want to pick like one or two things and really go hard on those things. And so I know for her, when she plays Brass, that is like a thing that she, her in 
in-game goal is to build up that industry to its fullest potential. Yeah, and I feel like that's almost kind of more of a staple of older Euro games. It's like you can just focus on one thing and do that one thing, and if you do it well, then you have a good chance of winning, where I feel like a lot of games now, it's like you just can't do that one thing. You've got to incorporate Mm. some other stuff into it, which I I appreciate. Um, Well, my my number four here... um, is I was thinking about this a little bit, and it's a game I haven't played in a while, but it, it speaks true to, I think, a, a something that everyone should have a goal for. Uh, and the game is Western Legends, but the goal is to just have fun. And I know it's very simple and very cliche, but in a game like Western Legends and any other kind of like sandbox-type game, something like a Dead Reckoning um, or anything like that, is that there's a lot of things that can happen. There's a lot of things that can maybe not go your way. Um, especially mm-hmm. in a game like Western Legends. I mean, literally almost anything can go from cattle wrangling to gold mining and prospecting to robbing the saloon to getting thrown in jail by by um, by um, a sheriff. You know, there's a lot of yeah. things that can happen in games out of your side of your control. Um, and the Western Legends is just kind of like, wow, there's chaos, but there can be, you know, it's not necessarily games having chaos, but games having things that you weren't planning for that happened to you that may be frustrating. You were planning on doing something for two or three turns in a row and something, someone just decided to do something that was really silly. Um, I feel like I get mad at you sometimes. It's like, David, why did you do this? This is not an optimal move. You should not have done this. I was not planning for you to do this move in the game. And now you throw my entire plan off. Um, But you got to remember, you know, even when things happen in games that, uh, are frustrating. You still got to remember to have fun in it, yeah. right? And that's kind of the whole purpose of this list is to find things that you can still find enjoyment in. Um, because if you're just hating your entire play the entire way through, what's the point of playing? And I know sometimes I have to catch myself on it because sometimes I get way into the, I'm not worried about having fun. I'm worried about winning because I'll have fun yeah. after I find out I win, right? Um, and then, but it's very easy to get frustrated when things happen that are not even on purpose, but people are playing their games, but things will happen and your plans get ruined and you're going to have to do something completely different. Um, but the goal is always like, you know what? Did I have fun in the game? I still feel like I was a champion of life. There you go. All right. That was my number four. That was your number four. All right. My number four quickly here is a great Western trail and the end game goal that I have is to ring the bell. So Great Western Trail has basically three different strategies, so to speak. You have the engineers, you have the uh, builders, and then you have the the cattle ranchers or whatever one of the cowboys. Um, And with the engineers, they got their train, and you have this track that goes all, that wraps all the way around the board. And if you hit the very end of that track, it's called ringing the bell. And then after you ring the bell, um, you can send your train back as far back as you want, right? And like hit one of the other stations that you went along the way, something like that. But ringing yeah. the bell just sounds cool, just sounds fun. Trains are fun. And uh, I've never done it before just because I've been, I've, I'm just trying to wrap my head around one strategy at a time. And, and so far, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been delving into the the, the cowboy strategy. Um, so, but uh, for the next couple of games I plan on playing on BGA, uh, I'm going to try my best to ring the bell and see if I can make that happen. It's a very rewarding experience, even if you like you said, even if I don't win the game, still ringing the bell because uh, it's just hard to do, um, and it may not be optimal the way your game is set up, but it's still rewarding to do. Awesome. Right. All right, my last one here, um, and this is a game that I get uh, a lot of flack for. People always telling me I play the game the same way every time, but hey, it's fun, and even if I don't win, playing playing that way is still the, the most fun I have, and that's in Terraforming Mars. 
Mm. And listen, when I tell you life finds a way, I'm trying to bring life to Mars. <laughs> and that's through the the microbes, the uh, the uh, all of the uh, bacteria, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I am trying to just grow as much fungus and algae as humanly possible on all my blue cards and and tapping my blue cards to add extra cubes on stuff. Uh, and to me, it's just such a like tactile, rewarding experience of having all these cards that are generating these like it, the resources in their own little economy system separate to the game for it. And and Jacob always rolls his eyes like you're tapping another card, you're you're getting another bacteria, another plant. Um, but it's fun. And I don't always win the game with that strategy, but it's like if I can optimize an engine and really that's what it comes down to, like optimizing right. an engine to where it may not be the best, but like I get something going in the game. And a lot of games that we play and enjoy are have some sort of engine building part to it. And so knowing you have an engine going and you're optimizing, even if it's not going to win you the game, but it was like I said at the very beginning, she's like, you know what? Let me see if I can get this engine going in the game. Yeah. And then actually able to to see it come to life is a rewarding experience, um, even if you don't win or not for it. Yeah, Terraform Mars is one of those interesting ones because you don't quite like, like you're not building an army, you're not like quite building up to like a, a certain specific uh, thing. And it's like, it's very, Terraform Mars is like very incremental. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you can definitely like pick, like I don't care if I win as long as like, you know, it, as long as I, have like the most I built the most plants or I built the most buildings or most cities like, on the board or, or most right or tiles. if you say I don't or, care if I win I'm gonna yeah. be the one that that you know reaches you know funds all the milestones or like funds all the the, huh. the things at the or end I have or like 10,000 heat right and yeah. you can't do anything with right. them at the end of the game <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. so call, call me hot fire man um but anyways <laughs> uh flamio hotman um all right so last one here number five and um well, we'll mention surprise you didn't mention here, but um, so for me, uh, number five is going to be Blue Lagoon. Now, okay, Blue Lagoon is a very simple game by the good Dr. Reiner Kinesia. I have a feeling you'll probably uh, be playing this game. at the Kinesia Con. Uh, I'm gonna try my best not to. Are you going just for all new games? Or I, I'm gonna, yeah, I, I'm gonna do my I'm gonna try to play Rhinelander while I'm there, so hopefully, I can get in a good game of Rhinelander. But um, anyways, uh, Blue Lagoon, though, we, I think you guys mentioned, and this is actually what sparked the, the idea for the conversation was uh, you had mentioned this, Matthew, because you do the yeah. same thing that I do. And that is because the game is scored in different ways, whether that be set collection um, or area control. But there's one specific scoring that you can get, and that is if you can chain um, or you get five points per island, you can chain together. There's eight islands, so if um, you can chain, right? There's eight islands, I believe. Uh, so if you can chain all eight, yeah. there you go. Uh, there's a big old hundo points for you, um, big juicy points for you. And I like, I don't really care much about that collab. Like, I if I can, obviously I'll go for that. Or if I see that my chaining isn't gonna make it all all eight, but like from the onset, my goal is chain all of these islands together because like no one ever really does it uh it's very difficult to do so if you can like if you pick that one thing um and you accomplish it even if you lose you can still walk away and saying like hey i chained all the islands together because in my mind it's like this is the hardest thing to do in the game so clearly (laughs) if i do it i'll win the game but every time i do it it's like oh oh cool everyone else just got a bunch of resources and doubled and tripled your score anyways um but but honestly when i'm playing the game it's like I honestly I feel like all those little resources are a distraction from like the real grit and like the network, the network, because I, I feel like the network and like when you see someone closing in on a 
because it's so interesting because when you there, you only have so many spaces to efficiently connect because you only have so many pieces. And so you have to be very efficient going from one island to the next. But when you see someone closing in on those spaces you need, it starts pushing you to try to get it faster and sooner. And to me, I think that's where the tension is the best in the game because that's where you see people start responding to what you do because yeah. you're really not responding to someone else because they picked up a, a coconut or a pineapple or something. Um, but when you see someone encroaching on your space that you needed to connect up, that's where I think the tension really lies in the game. And so to me, that's the that's the fun part of the game. But is it going to win you the game? Not by itself, not necessarily. If yeah. someone else is getting all their combos and set collections, it's it's not going to be the best. Uh, but it, it's fun. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm here to, to at least be a champion of life. Right, right. Yeah, I don't get distracted by all that other stuff. I I just want to build my network as as much as possible, even though I know it's probably not going to work. But uh, yeah, so that's my number five. I did have a an honorable mention here. It's like in uh, Hansa Teutonica, you know, you get points from linking that one side of the board over to the uh, over to the other. Um, oh yeah, kind of I always feel like the, so in that's so insanely hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Catan is another good one. Like having the longest road. Like you may not win, but hey, I had the longest road, and like that, well, that's actually well, I think a in, lot of people. Well, do in Catan, that. it's I mean, it's two points though, so it's I mean, twenty percent of your win condition. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, it could definitely help you win. Um, were you here the last time we played like a five-player game of Catan, five or six-player uh, game of Catan? I, I, I did. We I believe I, so. I mean, we played it, without the expansion, right? Yeah. Sadly. Oh no, that was great. I don't. I don't want to play with the expansion. Have you ever played with the expansions? I have, and it just takes it makes a, an already long game even longer. Even longer, that's right. Um, but again, that's the game came down to David. Why won't you trade with me? That, that's essentially <laughs> what the game comes down to. Because I'm always yeah, like, because- I, David. David will. David will agree with it. David will agree if I just give him the trade option. He'll always say yes. That's in my mind. No, because you always say some nonsense like, no, I can't trade you that because I know how much it's worth to you more than this is worth to me. And so once you start throwing in language like that, I don't, we don't need to talk anymore. But I'm using so. the words we. We're in this together, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So those are, that was our, our, our topic for today. Like if you're playing a game for the first time or uh, maybe have a game that you're not quite as good at, maybe you can pick an in-game goal make it your goal to do this one thing and maybe you might start uh liking liking the game a little bit more absolutely um and let us know what your your thoughts on some of your games that you know you may struggle to win with but you can still have fun with with your own version of an in-game objective and goal uh just let us know on the discord real quick before we we uh, head out today david i know you're really big in the sauce on spirit island did you see where they have a new expansion that's coming out. Apparently, they're so Backer Kit has that is like the new. We have Kickstarter, we have GameFound, but now we have Backer Kit that is actually, yeah, fronting the initial campaigns of games. And apparently, yes. Spirit Island. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's called like a Spirit Island Horizons or something like that, or like Horizon Spirit Island, something like that. Something like that. But it's a new a new expansion. Um, and so mm. I was going to mention that to you and and see if you had seen anything about it. Um. And, you know, Spirit Island is a game I've cooled on a little bit, not because I don't appreciate it. It's just the the fun factor and replayability has lessened for me over yeah. the dozens of plays. Um, but I know you've yeah. gotten all the content yeah, for I, it. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. Like, I just played it last night, and I played two-handed solo, and it was fun, and the puzzle was fun. But, like, sometimes I might, like, value more of a sense of discovery in a game, you know what I mean? And so, like, I think that's what you're going to get out of Stars of Akarios. You're going to get that, like, sense of discovery. Yeah. Uh, when I pick up Unsettled here at the in end part, of the month, you're going to pick up that sense of discovery. And I know Spirit Island really... Well, for me, the discovery came that. from trying out the new new spirits. Yeah, 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 that's true. But once that's you go true. through all the spirits, then you're kind of starting to 
because the spirits kind of to optimize them to play them well, you need to play them a certain way, right? There are there's yeah. one faction where you get to a lot of customization, but it's a very complex faction. But for the most part, they all need to to do well. You need to play them a certain way, and so you kind of find yourself falling into same similar routines. Now, obviously, yeah. there are like uh, adversaries and kind of all these kind of like scenarios, but they just make the game really complicated for complicated sake sometimes um, and strips away from the simplicity of it. Um, but it, listen, they may add add some more features and stuff that may be interesting. I'm surprised they don't do like a more of a campaign mode or something driven. I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it as well. So I'm looking at some details here at, at uh, Horizons of Spirit Island. And apparently, this comes from Target approaching um, the the game publisher and saying like, hey, we really like Spirit Island. Can you make a simpler version of it? Or can you make it a more Target-friendly version? Oh, so this it? is kind of like a second edition? Yeah. Like uh, a light version? I, I think wow. so. So Horizons of Spirit Island is a brand new game in the Spirit Island family designed, by, uh, designed and developed by um, R. Eric Royce and Christopher Bedell. The core mechanics of Spirit Island remain the same, but the board components and new spirits are a fantastic introduction for a player new to the game. Wow. Listen, so, Target Target is not messing around. I know when we did before, we did kind of like Battle of the Big Box Store. And, you know, tar, I think Target uh, and Barnes & Noble were two of the ones, but like, you know, when we talked about Target, we were like, someone is intentionally curating this. Is that an otter? A mud that's otter? A, that's a freaking, oh, that's a mud otter. I'm holding up a picture to Matthew. Uh, if you go on this announcement page, it's like a mud otter. And spirit. it looks so fierce. The yeah. battle otters are back. Yeah, so I, I guess it's going to be something that's a little bit more beginner-friendly, maybe more introductory, but the same uh, gameplay loop. But it's going to include some new spirits that you can pick up for Spirit Island. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll hear us talk about that more uh, coming down the line. and. One one game on on Kickstarter right now is uh, Moon Records. Um, mm. John's been trying to me, get me to buy this game. I've looked at it. it I've watched some gameplays on YouTube, like Quackalope and stuff. They've done it. Just looks like a lot of chaos. I don't know if you looked into this game very much. It's like a semi-cooperative negotiating you, deck builder. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. My only question for you is, how much does our group love negotiation games? It just depends. Like. I would venture to say not very. Not, not just very wild, much. wild and wild and crazy. It's very like negotiation that is in some kind of structured part of the game. Um, but I don't feel like everyone else loves just like completely open in negotiation where literally you could trade your shoe if you wanted to. Because yeah. what I always end up doing, I try to like start negotiating favors outside of the game. It's like, hey, I'll take you out to eat next week if you agree to to do this deal or this trade with me. Everyone's That's like, Matthew, much. stop. Stop, you're yeah. doing too much. Don't put so much into the game because I started doing actual like real-world uh, favors and benefits and stuff. All right, yeah. well, David, well, uh, what were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say that like John Company is going to be a game that features a lot of uh, negotiation, so we have that to look forward to. Yeah, so fingers crossed on John Company. Well, David, it, it's so awesome having you back on the podcast. We're going to have to do this more um you finally we were doing this where you were just calling over the phone it wasn't the best audio quality but you've got us on a pretty nifty uh um online link here that's uh yeah makes it a lot better hopefully so we'll, it hopefully works out for us yeah, in the future absolutely well thank you so much for for joining for joining us um and let us yeah like let us know what you think um are games that um you have your own kind of in-game goal or in-game objective that you feel like you know if i can at least do that i still won the game somehow Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this week's episode. As always, I'm Matthew. I'm David. And this has been the, the discussion, discussion phase. phase.
Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the discussion phase. If you enjoy our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune back every week for new episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at the discussion phase for new plays and reviews. You can also join us on Discord link below. Let us know your thoughts on all these topics. Thanks, everybody.